Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. <laughs> is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for or answers about from a biblical perspective. That's why we're here. That's the vision of this show. And you can call in at 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us 720-336-0897 is the text line. Once again, that's 720-336-0897 to text in. And again, this is a show where you can call in with your questions. Maybe you've been reading the Bible and uh, had some some things that you've read that have confused you or maybe made not made sense. We'd love to help you work through some of those things, and uh, we'd love to pray for you and your needs. So do give us a call, 303-690-3000. I want to welcome all of those of you who are tuning in wherever you're tuning in from. It's great to see how God is growing this uh, Calvary Live family of you know, listening stations and people who listen online all around the country and even in different parts of the world. So welcome wherever you're tuning in from today. First of all, I want to welcome those of you who are listening in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM. You're hearing the show live, and I hope that you are staying warm on this snowy Colorado afternoon. I hope you're staying safe for those of you who are tuning in in your cars. Hope the roads are good. We've had quite a bit of snow this February already in Colorado, and uh, it's good. You know, we, we all know how important that moisture is. And if you like to ski and snowboard, as I do, then uh, it's a huge blessing. I was just up yesterday, and uh, it, was, it was amazing conditions. And so we're thankful for that here in Colorado, but hoping that you stay safe on the roads. We also want to welcome those of you on the East Coast listening on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. We also want to welcome those who are tuning in on Truth FM in Tennessee, and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program. Just a reminder that those of you listening on Hope FM and on Truth FM, so on the East Coast and in Tennessee, you are hearing this program on a one-week delay. So please just keep that in mind. But we would still love for you to participate in the show by calling in and asking your questions and calling with your prayer requests. And then you guys kind of have a unique opportunity where you get to tune in a week later and you get to hear yourself on the radio. So maybe that's an opportunity for you to tell other people you know, not only to tune in and listen to you, but you get to tell them about the station. That's an opportunity for you to do that, which is great. Uh, we know that there are also so many of you who tune in online. You guys are also hearing this show live as well. Any of you can go anywhere in the world and you can use the Grace FM mobile app, which is absolutely free. You can just go into your um, your iPhone app store or your android google play store and you can type in grace fm as one word in that app store and it'll come up put that on your phone or your tablet and then you can click the button to listen live anywhere in the world where you have an internet connection 
And uh, we know that so many people take advantage of that. You know, there's people all on all the coasts and in the Midwest, down in Texas, up into different parts of the Northwest. We get a lot of listeners, and we even have, you know, regular listeners in different parts of the world. So definitely something to take advantage of and also share with other people um, who maybe they don't live in our broadcast range. But if you've been blessed by Grace FM, we really encourage you to spread those blessings around and help other people be part of this growing community of people who are tuning into this program, praying together for each other's needs, and hearing answers to our Bible questions. Again, the number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. And I'm your host here on Calvary Live every Friday. For a long time, I was your host on Mondays, but Pastor Jeff Figs and I switched days. So now he is on Mondays and I'm on Fridays, but you probably noticed that today is neither Monday nor Friday, and it's a Wednesday. And usually Pastor Ed Taylor is your host on Wednesdays, but Pastor Ed has been in Israel with a team from Calvary Church in Aurora and a few other uh, churches, related churches here in the Denver metro area, and I think that their trip is wrapping up and Pastor Ed's coming home soon, but for today, I am here filling in f uh, for him on the show today, but I would love to hear from you. Give me a call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. So, as I told you, I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church which is located in Longmont, Colorado. We are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church that meets in downtown Longmont. So if you live in Longmont or you live in the surrounding area, we would love to have you come and worship with us on a Sunday morning sometime. We meet at 10 a.m. at, uh, here's the address, so 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. The address is 700 Longs Peak Avenue. 700 Longs Peak Avenue. And we're right in the heart of downtown Longmont. So we're just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, just on the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. And um, the building we meet in is called the St. Vrain Memorial Building. We're just to the direct south of the downtown park and ride here in Longmont. And we are just on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont, Colorado. If you're in Longmont or the surrounding area, kind of driving uh, within driving distance. We'd love to have you come and worship with us sometime. We have a great worship ministry here. We have a great children's ministry that's really vibrant and growing. And um, and right now we're studying through the book of Second Peter, which is an interesting one. It's one where, uh, as I've noticed, you know, just looking for resources online to study from and kind of check my notes against, um, it really seems to be a book of the Bible that a lot of people don't study. So we're enjoying it so far. We just got into it this first week. We're in a series uh, in which we're looking at First Peter and Second Peter. We finished First Peter back at the end of November. Then we took some time off for Advent, Christmas, and then we did a series to kind of kick off the new year and give us align our vision with God's vision for the new year. And now we're in Second Peter, and we just looked at chapter 1, the first half of chapter 1 this past Sunday, which is um, you know, under the title of you know, confirming your calling and election. And we talked about you know, what does it mean to have faith, and how does that faith confirmed? In other words, these really important questions. 
can you know that you are in the faith? Can you know that you are um, walking with God? Can you know that you are going to go to heaven when you die? How can you be sure of those things? Can you have assurance of your faith? And that's what we talked about this coming Sunday. This, or I'm sorry, this past Sunday. This coming Sunday, though, we're going to be looking at the second half of that chapter. And really just uh, looking at six verses because what it says here is really important. It's about the glory of Jesus and the prophetic word. And it's really kind of an interesting discussion where Peter goes in and he says, hey, you guys should trust me for two reasons. He goes, the first reason you should believe what I say and know that what I say is true is because I saw this with my own eyes. This is one of the things that makes Christianity unique, you know, is that it's based on historical events, not just myths or fables or or one man's uh, word against another, but it is based on eyewitness testimony of historical events. And Peter says, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus glorified before my own eyes. But then he says something really interesting. He goes, but we have the prophetic word, which is more uh, surely confirmed, more fully confirmed than my eyewitness testimony. So he says, look, if you don't believe me that I saw this with my own eyes, and he says, and, and basically saying, and I don't expect that you would necessarily believe me. We, we've got something better than just my word that I saw this. We have the prophetic word more fully confirmed. So we're going to be talking about this Sunday some reasons about why you can know that the Bible is in fact trustworthy. Such an important topic, right? Because the Bible is the foundation for our faith as Christians, as believers. How can we know that the Bible really is trustworthy? We're going to look at some evidence for that, some facts, some kind of data that shows us why we can trust the Bible. And uh, we'll look at some of the arguments that people give against that, and we'll, we'll kind of show how those can be refuted. So it would be a really important time of equipping and growing. We'd love to have you come join us this Sunday at Whitefields. And you can find directions to our church as well as uh, information, listen to some of our past sermons, find out what's going on with us at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also tune into our radio show, which airs every weekday at 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time here on Grace FM. So it's uh, called Life in the Field every weekday, 2.30 p.m. And Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. So if for some reason you're not able to be in church on Sunday morning, you can tune in to Grace FM and hear our studies at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings. We'd love it if you would do that and share that with others. Uh, you can follow us on all the social media channels, Twitter, Facebook. We have a YouTube channel that we've been really growing. We do kind of two videos a week, kind of a vlog-style thing. We'd love for you to check that out. Just uh, go on to all the social media platforms and just type in Whitefields Church or Whitefields Community Church, and we should come right up. So let's go ahead and get to some of our callers. Let's go to our uh, line one. We've got Irene in Greeley, Colorado. Hi, Irene. Welcome to the program. Hi, What's going on? Oh, well, what's going on is I've been praying for a long time um, for a, a good husband, um, a, a godly man, and, um, it's, you know, and now God has answered my prayer, but I'm having a difficult time, like, because I have all my family down here, and he lives in another state. Okay. And I don't, I don't want to feel guilty, and I don't want them to make me feel guilty, like, to stay here, you know, and find somebody here when he's a, you know, I mean, we've been talking for a long time, and back and forth, and 
he's a real good Christian man, and I, I just feel good about this move. And mm-hmm. so, I just kind of, I'm diff- I'm kind of confused on what to do in this situation. You know, I, I just don't want nobody to get hurt in the process. Sure. No, I think that's good that you're considering your family and what the impact will be on them and things like that. Here's what I would tell you is that, you know, there really does come a point in life, right, where you have to start asking these big questions, right? We're told that we should honor our father and mother. Now, sometimes, you know, people take that and they'll say you have to obey your father and mother. And I think that's true for children. That's the way that children obey their father and mother. But at some point, you know, at what if as an adult, you know, you want to pursue something and your parents aren't totally on board? At what point do you start exercising that autonomy as an adult person? And is that wrong? Can you still honor your parents and honor your family, even if you, in your case, move away from them? Or in your case, maybe, you know, they have a particular vision for your life and that doesn't align with what you're feeling God is leading you to. It's a really important question. Here's, here's where I would point you is Genesis chapter 1. Uh, I'm sorry, Genesis chapter 2, the very last section, last couple verses, three verses there, and it talks about marriage. It's interesting that in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2, right, the very beginning of the Bible, as it talks about creation, it talks about the institution of marriage, and that tells us, first of all, that God instituted marriage, but that also that he has a plan for it. But here's what's so interesting in chapter 2. It says, Um, The man said, this is at last, bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And here's the key. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and not ashamed. Especially verse 24 is what I want to just draw your attention to, because it's talking about a man leaving his father and mother and holding fast to his wife. So, and the two become one flesh. So what we see happening is one family unit, right? The, so that it was mom, dad, and son, or child, right? Let's call it child. And then the child is leaving that family unit to form a new family unit with his spouse, or his, I would say this applies equally with, with women as well. So this, in your case, I see at this point that what, what's happening is you're going to be leaving your family here in Colorado, going to be with your husband, and you guys are going to form a new family unit that's going to have a new life and a new direction. So I think it, while, it's, while it's honorable of you to care for your family and want to uh, do the best for them, I think that it is uh, biblical and fine and right for you to move away and not feel guilt about that. You're pursuing as an adult uh, a relationship um, where you're forming a new family unit. Okay, that makes sense, yes. Yeah, I'm just um, concerned because, uh, you know, I have uh, my daughter always, you know, she she always um, relies on me for a lot of stuff. Mm. And, um, you know, she's grown, you know, she's 27, she's got a couple kids and, you know, stuff like that. But I just, you know, we're very close, very close. So Mm. that's the only thing that's really like making me feel bad. Right. Yeah, I think that's something you need to pray through. I don't think there's a you know biblical answer that says you can't do this or you must do this. I think it's really just a, a matter of thinking about how you can maintain your relationship and still be in your um, daughter and your grandkids' lives. Yes. Yes. 
You're right. And, you know, and, and I was thinking of all kinds of options. We could FaceTime. We could do all kinds of things like that, you know. And um, as long as, sorry about that. As long as um, we, we, you know, we talk about it. I'm going to, like, talk to her, you know, and slowly but surely before the move. That way she could be prepared and it won't be like a, a shock to her. You know, she doesn't know. She doesn't know anything right now. So I hope she's not listening. I hope she is listening, but I hope she's not hearing this call. So let's let's pray for you and your daughter, Heavenly Father. We pray for Irene and her um, and her daughter and her relationship with her family as she goes to uh, pursue this this relationship, which she believes is from you, Lord. I pray that you would give her peace in that. I pray that Lord, you prepare the way and that lord out of this situation which will be difficult lord that you would bring beauty and goodness and growth for her and her daughter i pray that in jesus name amen thank you amen. god bless you irene thanks for calling in okay right. you're welcome bye-bye. thank you so much bye-bye you're listening to calvary live this is pastor nick katie from whitefields community church in longmont colorado taking your calls and texts on the air today we've got two open lines give us a call 303 690 It's 303-690-3000. Or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to our next caller, Christopher in Baltimore, Maryland. Hi, Christopher. Welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. Thanks for uh, taking my call. I got a quick question. Well, it's not really a quick question. It's more of a meaty question. Um, my wife asked me something. It's just, she's been struggling with... Uh, satan and how he could fall from heaven and she started posing questions to me and at first i was able to answer them and now i'm kind of like at a loss to things if god created everything we know that god created everything all all humanity the earth the angels heaven he created it all yeah he created correct me if i'm wrong he created angels for the sole purpose of worshiping him and ministering to him correct well it also says that angels are ministering servants so let's uh Stop right there just a little bit. Um, the word angel in Greek and, and in Hebrew, actually, it means a messenger. So that's why sometimes in the Bible you'll read the word, there was a messenger from God. In other translations, it'll translate it as angel because it's the same word. In Greek, okay. it's angelos, which means uh, messenger, but it means angel. And so there, there's also a verse, of course, that says that uh, angels are ministering spirits, and the allusion there is that they, the the people they minister to are us, right? So they, they serve God's purposes, but they also serve people on earth. So they're basically agents that God created to do his work. They're spiritual agents as opposed to, of course, us, flesh and blood human agents. Okay, which leads to the next question. Did they have the... Do they have free will to make decisions? Because it said that Satan had, um, yes, I'm paraphrasing here, it said that he he was filled with pride because he wanted to be worshipped as God, correct? So did, where did he get the free will to do that, to make that decision, unless angels themselves had free will? Yeah, well, I mean, the answer to that is that apparently they did have some sort of capacity, you know, to make decisions. Because without that capacity to make decisions, they wouldn't have been able to make the decision to either rebel against God or not. So apparently they did, at least at that time, have free will. They were able to choose to follow him and, and sin, right? So And, we, and right. we see that mentioned in more than one place in the Bible. 
So, for example, it says in Second Peter 2, if God did not spare angels when they sinned, right? And so he talks about right. judgment for angels. Mm-hmm. That, 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 was the, that was the biggest gray area for our discussion was, I thought we, because we both thought that angels were created perfect and holy, just as God was, because, because it says that God cannot stand in the face of sin. So if that was the case, then it was just a lot of toss-up for us, but that actually makes a lot of sense. I forgot about that. I just finished reading Peter um, a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and remember um, what Jesus says, that um, we will judge angels, right? Or I think maybe that's Paul who says that. I'm spacing on where that is. I'm looking for it right now. But it's this whole point of... Uh, it's Paul, right? He says, don't you know that we will judge angels, right? And so the idea there is that there's something to be judged on the basis of. Okay. And then the final the final part of all of this was Satan's fall itself was in the garden. When right. He so that... con- when he convinced Eve that it was okay to eat from the fruit, and thus Adam eating, that was his fall that that was the peak of his fall when he made the final decision or the final action to rebel no, against god that so was I, his rebellion I, I would not agree with that actually i would say that his okay. fall took place before that and i'll explain why but the verse i was looking for just so you know is first corinthians 6 verse 3 so it is paul the apostle saying to the corinthians you know don't you know that we will judge angels how much more should we be able to deal with our own disputes within the church that's his, that's his point there, but he kind of just throws this out there, right? Like, well, you guys know we're going to judge angels, right? So um, there's that. So there, means some, there will be something that will be judged on the basis of. But as far as uh, Satan and his fall, it is uh, kind of symbolically, but not completely symbolically, described in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And what these passages, um, they're speaking specifically of Babylon and Tyre, right? Historical places that were rebelling against God. Um, but by framing this discussion about Babylon and Tyre, both Isaiah and Ezekiel describe why Satan fell, right? And this, these are some of the verses that you're referring to, right? That he wanted to be equal with God, that uh, he mm-hmm. wasn't content with where he was. And so I would say that this happened before satan uh tempted adam and eve in the garden now some people place it at different times right so some people would say it happened at the end of the creation some people would say it happened before the creation and uh and there are various theories on that way but i would say that satan at this point has already rebelled at the time when he's leading adam and eve astray okay yeah, I was just trying to piece it all together for her because, well, it hadn't really dawned on me until she asked me the question. I'm like, okay, well, let me do look into this. And I started reading, and I'm like, you know what? I have to ask somebody because I'm not getting anywhere. Well, it's a great question. And, you know, it leads to a lot of other theological questions. Like, for example, we as human beings have a sinful nature. Do angels have a sinful nature? My response to that would be no. At least this is my, you know, initial response no because of like what you said you know god can't have sin in his presence um and the other thing is i mean they're just not made of the same stuff they they haven't had the kind of initial sin that's inherited 
as we have. But mm -hmm. apparently they did have some sort of free agency. And I would assume that they still do. I would also assume that they're a lot less tempted to rebel against God than we might be because if you are in the presence of God's glory all the time, you're going to be a lot less tempted to sin against him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, I think my mind's just been tainted with too much TV. And, okay. Uh, <laughs> stuff that I've seen over the years. All right, and, yeah, no, that ha happens, doesn't it, right? Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. So, Christopher, thank thanks you. for your call. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Okay. God bless you. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got one open line right now, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Gabriel in Thornton, Colorado. Hey, Gabriel, welcome to the program. Hi, thanks for having me. Hey, so my question was, um, and to give like a little background, I did a BSF. Have you heard of that Bible study fellowship? Yeah, absolutely. I, uh, I did that a little while ago, and I wasn't able to re-up with them, so to speak. But I had kind of been reading the Bible before that um, and felt like I just wasn't getting a lot out of it. I'd be reading through it, but I'm just, I'm not understanding it because to when I go and talk to a pastor... He can explain it much deeper, kind of under or explain these misunderstandings I've been having, stuff like that. So I'm kind of wondering, and I bring up them because they had a very kind of in-depth way of going through it. They go through chapter by chapter, and they mm -hmm. ask you a lot of questions about people's motives, about where they were at, and then they would have kind of preaching going along with it, and then a little article each week. And so I'm kind of looking for that again in yeah. the form of like an app or a book or something just to help me daily kind of go through the Bible on a deeper level. Okay. I've got tons of resources for you. You ready? Okay. Here's what they're going to be. First of all, there, uh, I'll give you, I'll start with the kind of the easiest, which is what it sounds like you're looking for. Um, okay. There's a great app if you just want to read devotionally through the Bible. There are um, some good apps. There's some good books that you can get on Kindle. Um, the good commentary sounds like what you would really benefit from is kind of a really simple, basic commentary. So I'm going to give you okay. a bunch of these. Okay, so um, I would start with, there's a free app. A friend of mine, David Guzik, we are actually working on a project next week together, and I'll talk about that on the air in just a minute. But uh, David Guzik has a ministry called, um, is called Enduring Word, and the app is called Enduring Word. So if you just go into your store, you know, your app store, type in Enduring Word, it is a commentary through the whole Bible. He has um, audio messages of him teaching through verse by verse through the entire Bible. And uh, it's a huge, great resource that he uh, gives away for free. And it is just a huge blessing to so many people around the world. I just got an email from him yesterday that they are working on expanding the Chinese translation. So they've already translated into several languages, and now they're translating in ch Chinese as well. So that's awesome. So definitely get that app. Here's the next one I want you to get. It's called Blue Letter Bible. Blue Letter Bible. And it's a resource created through uh, Calvary Chapel, actually, but it draws on a lot of different resources. But here's what's great about Blue Letter Bible. 
has um, multiple commentaries, but the thing I find it most useful for is that it has word study built into it. So you can actually go into the Greek, like if you're curious, okay, what did this look like in the Greek? What are the different meanings that these Greek words might be translated as? You can do that all straight from the app. It's really good. Sounds, okay. sounds to me, though, like what you really need is uh, to learn what I would call the inductive Bible study method, which is what BSF is using, by the way. So inductive okay. Bible study method. And there's actually an app for this. There's an app for everything, right? So there's an app yeah. called IBS, Inductive Bible Study. I've got more, resource, re, more resources for you after the break, but right now we have to go to a break. If you don't mind holding, I'll get you some more after this two-minute break. Hey, you're listening okay, to Calvary you. Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie. We are going to our two-minute break. Um, give us a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes' time. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here taking your calls and texts on the air with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We have all full lines right now and... Um, we are talking to Gabriel, so if we could get Gabriel back on the line. Gabriel, thanks for holding through the break. I got some more resources for you, and I, I know this is an important conversation for lots of people listening because I think, you know, one of the great things that, that we believe is that the Bible can be understood and read by anyone with, with you know, basic, uh, you know, healthy human capacity. Um, and so we want to give you guys the tools to read the Bible and understand it and apply it to your lives for yourselves. So, um, okay, so I told you about the IBS, in Inductive Bible Study app. You should check that out. And um, here's, here's, though, if you want to go a little bit deeper, I want to tell you to get this book. It's one of the most helpful books I've ever read, and I, I always recommend it to people who are kind of like, very asking similar questions to what you're asking about how to study the Bible well. And here's the name of the book. It's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And it's, I believe it's Gordon Fee and somebody else, but I'm going to look it up real quick. How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And uh, this book was given to me by my pastor back in man, like 2000. And it's just been very helpful for me. So it's Gordon D. Fee and Douglas Stewart. And the title, again, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And what, what this book does is it explains, first of all, um, how this idea of reading the Bible and interpreting the Bible and how to do it well. And I love the first chapter of the book. I think the first chapter of the book is worth its weight in gold because it says this, that, you know, there, there can sometimes be this concept that, oh, I don't interpret the Bible. I just read it and believe it and do what it says. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's not that simple, right? Everybody who reads the Bible is interpreting it, and you can either interpret it well or you can interpret it not well. And we should have it as our goal to interpret it correctly and well. And so how do we do that? Well, there are two big practices in reading the Bible that are hugely important. One is called uh, exegesis. Exegesis means drawing out from the text the meaning of the text. The opposite of exegesis is when I read into the Bible 
the meaning that I want to find there. In other words, I start out with a preconceived notion, and then I try to use the Bible to back up what I already think. Now, we don't want to do that at all. What we want to do is draw out from the Bible what the Bible teaches, and then we go on the next process, hermeneutics. How do we understand it, and how do we apply it to our lives? What is the principle, and how do we apply that to our lives? And, and how should, what's the proper lens through which to read the Bible? So um, that is an excellent book. I highly recommend it. And what it does after the first chapter is then it goes into understanding different genres of Scripture, right? Because some of the genres of Scripture are meant to be read differently than others, right? You have poetry. Um, so when David says, you know, I swim in my tears, I mean, does he really swimming in a pool of his tears or is that poetic, right? So we need to understand that. Now, now we pick up on that intuitively most of the time, but it's really important that we understand the difference because sometimes in the Bible it might not be intuitive. And, and yeah, then you, you've yeah. got uh, historical literature. And, and if you confuse genres, you can be confusing the meaning and the application of a particular passage. So uh, that's, that's hugely important. That, that book is, is excellent, How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth. And I'm just going to give you two more things, and then I'm done. Uh, okay. These are really easy-to-read commentaries on the Bible because you can get really technical commentaries, uh, which are great if you're writing a master's thesis, but they might not be great for um, devotional reading, which is what it sounds like you're doing. So here are yeah. kind of two good devotional commentaries on the entire Bible. One is by Chuck Smith. He has just a... A overview of the Bible kind of commentary on both the New Testament and the Old Testament. You can find all of these on Amazon and uh, and all the booksellers out there. In fact, I think the Chuck Smith ones are like really almost free sometimes. So uh, Chuck Smith, you know, he has one on the Old Testament and the New Testament. And then John Corson has a great Bible commentary series. I think that one might be really what you're looking for. So um, what? What's it's the name of that one by John, John Corson? Corson? I believe it's called the Application Commentary, Bible Application Commentary. Let me look it up. Okay. I have it on my Kindle here. Um, but yeah, John Corson, J-O-N, Corson, and um, I would recommend that for you. So okay. Believe, yeah, I'm, it's taken a while to pull up, but I believe it's called Bible Application Commentary. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. God bless you. I'm glad to hear that you're studying God's Word. Keep it up. Thank you. Have a good one. Right. Bye. You too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts, answering your questions about the Bible, and praying for your prayer requests. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. Yeah, I'm just looking at my Kindle now, and here's the title of that book. It's called John Corson's application commentary and he has two um, volumes for the old testament and one volume for the new testament very good resource let's go to our next caller on line three we've got ashley in baltimore hi ashley welcome to the program hi thanks for having me yeah thanks for holding yeah what's up um okay so i i guess um you know it's really kind of like a prayer request i um I've been going through a lot about the past four years of my life. Um, I have two young children, and unfortunately it was a situation that um, it was a domestic violence situation, which caused me to finally leave their father. And 
we've just been in a year-long battle in court over the children, and um, and it's been really it's been a major stress on my life. It's really impacted the kids' lives. My son has a lot of um, aggression and emotional issues because of the things that he's witnessed, and I'm just kind of feeling, I guess, a little bit stuck between a rock and a hard place where I just, you know, I keep fighting for, you know, for what's right and hoping that justice will prevail and and to see God come through and work through all of this. But so far, I feel like it's just been like the worst case scenario. Everything's just been going wrong, <laughs> like in... And it was a really big step to get me and the kids out of the situation. And I'm just really struggling with trying to find a direction in my life and trying to um, trying to be the best mom I can be to my kids and protect my kids. And and yeah. I'm, I just feel like I'm coming up short. Okay. So um, I'd love to pray for you. That's, it okay. sounds like that's all very hard. I'm, I'm glad that you're not in that abusive situation. And um, what we'll be praying for you as you move forward and for your kids especially too. Um, yeah, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Ashley. Um, thank you for her, Lord, having the courage to step out of an abusive situation. And Lord, I pray for her kids as they um, have witnessed things, as they're dealing with, um, you know, being in a totally new situation and, and the struggles that are going to come along with that already are. Lord, I pray that you would give Ashley strength to lead her kids well, to lead them through this situation, to answer the questions that they might have about you, God, as we know that so many times, um, you know, we, our assumptions about God can be shaped by our parents. And so, Lord, we pray that you'd help Ashley to lead her kids um, to you spiritually Lord, I pray for the kids that you would, would work in their minds, kind of heal what's broken from things they've witnessed, things that they've experienced. And Lord, I pray that you'd provide for them financially. Lord, I pray that you'd provide for them with a, a church community that's going to rally around them and support them and help them with resources so that um, they'll be taken care of. Lord, I just think of how your word says that those who are righteous, those who walk with you, Lord, they never lack because you take care of them. And I pray that that would be the case with Ashley as she pursues you, Lord, as she pursues uh, community with other believers. Lord, I pray that you'd lead her to a great community where she can get those resources and that you take care of all their needs. And uh, Lord, please give her strength and encouragement on the difficult days. Help her to walk forward and provide for her, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you, Ashley. You too. Bye -bye. Thank you. Bye. Listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. Give us a call, 303 690 3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. You can call in or text with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'll get to as many of those texts as we can, and we We'll go to our callers first. We've got another caller, Roberta, on uh, line two from Commerce City. Hi, Roberta. Welcome to the program. Hello. How are you? Doing great. What's up? Good. Um, so I have a daughter that um, is incarcerated. She's in prison this time. This is probably her 
Well, I want to say her fourth, fifth round with um, jail. She's um, had a really bad addiction. Um, I also had an addiction seven years ago. Um, God delivered me, and I've been clean ever since. But um, I've also had my three grandchildren, her children, in my custody for the last three years, and they're all teenagers. Um, And she's just about ready to get out at the end of this year. And um, every letter that I send to her, you know, I always minister to her and tell her how God's the answer, you know, and um, just that he's the only one that's going to be able to set her free. And I mean, I try to encourage her, you know, I haven't let the children see her for the last year, um, only because I'm afraid, I guess. I'm just afraid, you know, I don't want them to get hurt again. Um, They also come from a very abusive home. Their father's incarcerated also. That kind of led mom to the addiction. Um, So I guess what I'm calling for is, I mean, I kind of feel guilty. I could see like a pattern. You know, I kind of did to my daughters um, what she's putting her kids through. And um, I just, you know, I just want to pray that God just gives me the wisdom and the knowledge and, you know, just to lead them down the right path and to um, just take away that fear. You know, I put her in God's hands all the time, and I know that I have to put her there and just leave it to God, you know. But there's just such a big fear that's come over me lately, you know, and um, I just don't know how to get released from that, you know. So I'm just, I guess, I'm calling to see if you could just pray, you know. Yeah. You know, we have a, a really great and precious promise in the Bible, and that is in James's epistle, Book of James. We're told that if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives freely to those, and God will give them wisdom. So right. we can have confidence. And you know what? I would just encourage you that um, what I hear from you is it sounds like you're trying to do what's in the kid's best interest. And, yes. And you're not, you're not wanting to you know, further enable somebody who's going to, you know, be in a cycle of hurting themselves and the kids. So, I mean, that, that all sounds really good. I, I just commend you for that, but I do, I, I will absolutely right now pray for you for wisdom. So thank you. Heavenly, Heavenly Father, uh, myself and so many people listening right now, we agree uh, together in prayer asking Lord that you would give Roberta wisdom with how to love her grandchildren well and Lord, how to guard them as much as she can from the the hurt that is coming through this addictive behavior on the part of her daughter. Lord, I pray that you'd help her to know what is, where is that line that's not, not black and white uh, as far as, you know, how much contact they should have with their mom and these kinds of things. Lord, I pray that you would protect the kids' hearts even beyond what grandma can do for them. But Lord, I pray you give Roberta wisdom and that every action she does Lord, you protect her, um, guard her heart from responding in vindictiveness or or responding in some sort of uh, negative motivation. Lord, I pray that it would be your motivation, your heart working through her. And maybe, you know, if she gets criticized by uh, her daughter for her actions or even by the grandkids for 
her actions. Lord, I pray that she would be able to rest in the knowledge that she is being led by you and she has your heart and your best interest for them in mind. So, Lord, I pray you give her confidence and I pray that you give her wisdom and lead her by your spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you, you Roberta. Thanks I for appreciate calling it. In. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible and your prayer requests. We'd love to hear from you. We've got one open line. Actually, two. No, one open line. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Let's go to our next caller, Chris in Parker, Colorado. Hi, Chris. Welcome to the program. Yeah, hey, Pastor. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I'm more of a Bible question. I was actually reading through Mark yesterday, and um, when Jesus is being apprehended by the crowd and uh, the garden, you know, with Judas and whatnot, there was just a small clip, it, like a section about, you know, after he's being apprehended, there was a young man who had like a cloth around him, and they like they tried to grab him, and he ran out of it and ran away naked. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just couldn't really understand, like, number one, I guess, who was that? But number two, the context of it, usually there's a, you know, everything in the Bible has a purpose or, or you know, something that's teaching us or something to understand, and I didn't really understand the whole purpose of that being, you know, um, I, I guess, mentioned. So sure. Some light to that. Yeah, absolutely. So that passage you're referring to is found in Mark chapter 14. Uh, it's in the Garden of Gethsemane. The night Jesus is betrayed and captured. It says that a young man followed him with nothing but a linen cloth around his body. They seized him, but the man, the young man, left the linen cloth and ran away naked. I totally get what you're saying. That just seems so odd and arbitrary. Now I agree with you that everything that's written in the Bible has um, a significance there's a reason why we're told that but it's important to remember that that reason may not be for us right it may not be for nick katie in 2020 you know in longmont colorado it might be for another purpose um for an earlier reader you know you think about some of the names for example in the genealogies and sometimes people are like what why would god if he's got one book right why would he take up so much space writing down the names of these people. Now you could say, well, because he cares about those people and he knows them by name. Yes, that's true. But I'd also say probably the more important reason is that there was a purpose for those names being written in there at the time they were written that may not necessarily be the same purpose that we draw out of it, right? It might, might have been really important to know those people's names. For some people, it would be really important to be able to track their genealogies in a way that's not important for us to track our genealogies. And so... Um, here's what I believe about this passage. And and it's not really me believing this. This is kind of just what's general consensus. We don't know who that man was, but because it's only mentioned in the gospel of Mark and because, um, of how it's written and we, who we know wrote the gospel of Mark, a lot of people believe it was actually John Mark himself, the author or the writer of that book. Now what's interesting, gospel of Mark is actually, it was, I mean, church tradition as well says that this was John Mark writing himself into the Gospel of Mark. Uh, The other thing is the church tradition tells us that the Gospel of Mark is the Apostle Peter's account of the life, ministry, death, and resurrection of Jesus, but that Peter perhaps did not know how to read and write, or he just asked John to compile, John Mark being the person who's um, mentioned in like the book of Acts, you know, as going with Paul and Barnabas on their uh, missionary journey, and he's mentioned as kind of a figure in the early church. It would seem that uh, John Mark is writing himself into the Gospel of Mark. 
Interesting. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. I was just kind of curious because when you read through the Gospels uh, in that scene, you know, or that that scenario, I mean, that's in Mark. That's one of the ones that catches you off. And I forget it. Uh, it might be Matthew, but where uh, Malchus has his ear cut off, right, and then Jesus healed it. So there's certain in that, you know what I mean, which are shared in certain Gospels, not in others. So it's probably painting a complete picture, you know, all of them combined. But I was just exactly. curious. That one just seemed I mean, really out of place. And and you can see like the different writers are writing from from eyewitness experience. Right. And so they're writing these details, which yeah. if you were just writing a story, you wouldn't write in some detail that, you know, that doesn't matter to the story unless right. there's a reason why you're writing it in there. And the reason is to show I was there, right? right. Like I, I, I know exactly what I'm talking about because I was there. And it's, it's one of the things that speaks to the uniqueness of the gospels. I mentioned this earlier that this coming Sunday at my church, I'm teaching second Peter chapter one, verses 16 through 21, which is about how Peter says why we can trust the uh, written accounts of the Bible and why we can trust what he calls the, the prophetic word. Um, meaning like the accounts of Jesus's life, but not just Jesus, even going into the old Testament. My point is that what makes Christianity unique is that it is based on historical events that either happened or they didn't. It, it's not based on, you know, philosophy or ideas. It's these events took place. Right. And here's, you know, the proof of that. So that's, yeah. that's, uh, this speaks to that. No, I really appreciate your help. And, um, and just a quick prayer request. I'm kind of in a situation where um, I have a, a positive opportunity for a, a career change. Um, but obviously a little bit, you know, anxious and just want to make sure it's God's will and, you know, not putting my family in any sort of uh, situation there. So if you could pray for that, that'd be greatly appreciated. Yeah, let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Chris and this job change. We're thankful that, Lord, he, you've given him capabilities and abilities. And, Lord, we pray that you would give him wisdom with uh, what to do and how to pursue it. And we pray that you would bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks. God bless, brother. Have a good one. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Hey, listening to Calvary Live, this is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm going to go over to our text messages before we get to our last two callers because we had a couple text messages come in that I wanted to address uh, quickly. We have one texter write in, who wrote the Apostles' Creed? Actually, their question was, which apostle wrote the Apostles' Creed? Here's the answer to that. The Apostles' Creed, number one, is not found in the Bible. Number two, it is not written by the apostles themselves. Right, the creed is kind of what we would call nowadays like a statement of faith. It's a summary of the apostles' teaching. And it was written about 150 years after the apostles had all died, which might sound like a lot to you, but it is actually really, really close to the apostles. And so it's actually really important as a chain which links us back historically to the apostles so that we know that our faith that we have today is the same faith that was held by Christians for 2,000 years. So these creeds are really important. You guys can look up the Apostles' Creed if you want online. It's very easily available. But it was not written by an apostle or even the apostles sitting down together. Rather, it is a summation of the teaching of the apostles. And so um, it was written you know, still quite close to the time of the apostles. So I hope that uh, answers that question for you. Thanks for texting in with that. And then I want to get this prayer request. This person texted in right at the beginning of the show, and they had an important prayer request. So let's pray for this. This person says, um, asking for prayer for my brother-in-law's family, his wife Dasha and youngest daughter 
Ellis were involved in a car accident last night. Dasha has a broken collarbone, and eight-year-old Ellis is in surgery right now. She hit her head and this, uh, and has done something with her spine. Doctors say the risk with the surgery is she could be paralyzed for the rest of her life. This is pretty, um, pretty serious. So let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for this eight-year-old child, Ellis. Lord, we pray that as doctors are operating right now, Lord, you would guide them. And Lord, that you would do a miracle, that you would bring about healing, Lord, that you would use the doctors, and that you would um, bless this child, Lord, and that I pray that she would not be paralyzed. I pray that the surgery would be successful. And what's happened with her spine as a result of this trauma and accident, Lord, that you would set it right and heal it. And Lord, I just pray that uh, you would guide the hands of these doctors right now. We also pray for Dasha as she was involved in this call, or this uh, accident with the broken collarbone. We pray for her as well. But Lord, particularly for the child who's in surgery right now. Lord, be with her. Um, be, be in that room. Guide those doctors. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's go to our next caller, Dwayne in Pennsylvania. Hi, Dwayne. Welcome to the program. Hey, how you doing? Doing great. Um, Back in uh, 2005, I was working in a junkyard, and a car fell on me, and I had back problems, hip problems, and, and injuries since then but i mean i know by the grace of god i wasn't paralyzed and nor uh killed and um the catalyst of that was, was the first time i went back to ch was uh, entered a shortly after that sometime it was the first time i entered a church probably since high school eighth grade yeah. ninth grade something like that okay. and um which is the good thing out of it i guess yeah but then i got you know, instead of going for disability, I was stubborn and was like, okay, I'm going to try to do this, and got my CDL Class B, and then started, and then got hurt again, and then just things just kept spiraling down, and where it's like, okay, I'm in, I'm in pain like all the time, and when I try to attempt to do anything, it's just in more excruciating pain, and now it's just like you know other injuries over the years since then, you know, with knees and ankles shoulders and um from what like, car accidents whatnot and uh, it seems like everything i attempt to do or try to do is a failure oh. i mean i tried to go to hack which is an Harrisburg community area college mm -hmm. and basically you know that was uh that was a nightmare because i'm 20 years older than everybody else there and and uh i wasn't taking any of the professors uh nonsense that they try to put out whether whether it was politics or not you know as as it says i have suffered from terminal first amendment syndrome i can't help it <laughs> but um it's just like and then ended up losing my trailer which was the only even as a kid it was only like outside of grandparents and stuff which are long gone by now was the only stable home that I had, like, growing up, even though it's like, okay, you're an adult, grow up, so, but it doesn't work that way, <laughs> really. And um, losing well, can that. I, can I, I pray for you? friend that uh, let me stay in one of the places that he has, but the situation is just deteriorating because it's like I can't stand helping him out a bit. And then because, well, basically he's pushing me to do things that my body can't handle. And I have no uh, no idea to what to do. It's like, and then some of the guys. Well, Dwayne, it sounds like um, 
sounds like you got cut off there. So let's go ahead and pray for you. Um, that's a lot going on. I'm, I'm sorry that you're having to deal with all these difficulties, but let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, I, I thank you for Dwayne. I thank you for his life. I thank you that you care about him, Lord. And I thank you that you care about him more than just his success in school or in a career. Lord, you care about him as a soul, as a person, as a child. And Lord, I do pray for him that he would um, be strong in his inner man, Lord, and that that would drive the rest of his life. I pray that his identity wouldn't be defined by his injury, by his uh, failures in different areas, Lord, but I pray that his identity would be found in you. And Lord, as he does that, we do pray for his physical well-being. Lord, we pray that you would strengthen him physically uh, in his back. Lord, we pray that you'd help him in his housing situation. I pray that you'd help him in his employment situation. Lord, I pray that in all things he would depend on you. And I pray that truly his church family would step up and, and be the body of Christ in his, in, in his uh, community and for him in his life that he would experience it. So we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for calling in. Hey, we have come up on the very end of our show. I got one last text message I want to speak into. Someone asked, where is the verse in the Bible that talks about taking captive every thought for God? That verse is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. So you can check that out. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse, uh, sorry, chapter 10, verse 5 says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Hey, you've been listening to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online at whitefieldschurch.com. You can also check out some articles I've been writing on my personal website, nickcady.org. And I will be with you again this coming Friday on Calvary Live. God bless you, and have a great evening. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.